You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 12, and gobble, 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 gobble. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you lead with confidence and clarity. These are practical solutions for your ministry that you probably didn't learn in seminary. Now let's join your host, Seth Mews, who is thankful for Cajun fried turkey. Yeah, you better believe I am thankful for some Cajun fried turkey. And this week I am trying to get some Cajun fried turkey, probably from Dickie's. I'm not a snob about turkey or anything like that. Like I really love the fried turkey, the Cajun fried turkey, especially tried to make one before it never really worked, but happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you're having a great holiday. I know that uh, typically podcasts and stuff don't come out, but we went ahead and recorded this ahead of time. And I have a very special guest with me today. Katie Allred is a uh, communications director at Brentwood Baptist Church in Brentwood, Tennessee, which is near Nashville. And Katie has just a lot of really fun stories, and we we both just talk a lot. So this podcast might be a little bit longer, and I apologize for that, but there was just so much I didn't want to cut. So here it's going to be pretty much in its entirety. You can view the show notes at sethmuse.com slash episode 12, episode 12, no spaces, no dashes. Just uh, go there and you can get some of those links that we're going to talk about in the show. So I, ho- I hope you really enjoy this. I enjoy interviewing her. She's really fun. Katie Allred, everybody. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast, and today I have a special guest, Katie Allred is here with us, not in the studio, but online. She is meeting with us from the great state of Tennessee. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Seth. Well, I'm, I'm really glad you came by. I've been wanting to talk with you for a while. Um, several things about you that we need to kind of let people know in case they don't know. Tell uh. us where you uh, hail from. Tell us what you do, What you, a little bit about Katie. That okay people can kind of get a feel for who you are. Sure. Yeah. I grew up in Alabama, but I live in Nashville, Tennessee now. Uh, and I work at Brentwood Baptist church. It's a Southern Baptist church in uh, South Nashville. So we're probably the largest church you'd never heard of, which is great because <laughs> middle Tennessee knows of us. And so that's the more important part, you know, that we're serving our, our people well, uh, then, you know, having international fame. So, uh, and you know, and telling people about Jesus, that's also important. Yeah. If you you have time, if you have time, you do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a, we have like, I don't know, maybe 10,000 members across campuses, 10 to 15. So, um, it's a pretty large church and there I'm the web content manager. So I handle social media, email marketing websites, all the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of a peon. I think a lot of people, you know, I'm on the, you know, obviously I admin this, the Facebook group. It has 4,000 members. I think a lot of people think I really know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she's got experience and she must be at the top of her game. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually the very least of the people there at Brentwood. Like, there's Steve, who's our uh, main boss, and Daryl. But really, it's just it's really just me. Yeah. So you're just really good at like managing your perception in the public. So people know, Hey, that's her. That's the one with the name on every, on all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I know that you also, there's a couple of things about you that I've learned just interacting with you online that I want to bring to the front here before we move on. 
Tell me about your Harry Potter days. I know you've talked about this a lot of times. You're probably tired of talking about this, but my daughter no, thinks this totally is super fine. cool about you. And I just want to like say, hey, what, what's, awesome. with, what's with the Harry Potter stuff? Yeah. Uh, you know, and to your daughter, don't, you know, don't let her quit, you know, let her explore the Internet. The thing is, like, and something, I t- you know, I try to tell parents is that. You want to lock down the internet so much. I know they do, you know, but like, I know parents do, but if my parents had locked the internet down for me, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did. And also, uh, I might not be who I am. So, uh, there's a lot to be said about that. And, you know, I feel like if you're raising godly kids, if they're finding their identity in Christ, they're not going to do crazy stuff. Anyway. Yeah, not as much. Not as much. Right, right. I mean, they're still going to make mistakes, which is good. They should. They're teenagers. Like, they're going to make mistakes. That's good. They're supposed to (laughs) during that time in their life rather than making them later in life. Yeah, well, Um, well, just for the record, I think after I get done with this, she's already asked me, like, hey, can we go watch Harry Potter after this? And obviously the answer is yes. Yes. Sure. Of course. We can always watch Harry Potter. So, okay, so talking about <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, so, yeah, I was like 9 or 10 when I started um, working for HarryPotterFanZone.com. I don't know how many times I've promoted Harry Potter FanZone. Yeah, it's the- got more hits because of you. Yeah, I don't know if Andy knows. Andy's the guy actually, who actually started Harry Potter FanZone. I didn't start <laughs> it. I just was there when it happened. And he's about the same age as me. He lives in Australia. Um, and so it's an Australian Harry Potter site. And, um, we just connected through another forum, I believe, before we started this one and it just grew like, like a weed. I mean, I was an admin and there were a couple other admins and we were all friends. We're all around the same age, uh, just kids, you know, (laughs) and we tried very hard to make our, our forum as kid friendly as possible. So we moderated quite a bit of adult content out of, out of that, um, and try to, you know, make it as safe as possible for kids to be on because we were kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, as much as we possibly could. And so it was such a fun time. I, I got to learn a lot of responsibilities and, and I think, you know, a great part of it is I got to tell because I was sharing my life with these people. I mean, they were my friends. Like when I went home, you know, I spent all day with my friends at school, but when I went home, I spent, you know, the whole rest of the afternoon with my Harry Potter friends online. Yeah. And I can imagine parents too, seeing that if their kids were doing that, like my, my son just loves Minecraft and now he watches Minecraft videos. And I'm like, I don't understand that, Right. but that's what he loves. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be really careful about, Going, hey, hey, son, I don't really think this is that cool, but it's really okay if you do. I really love that you love it. So giving him that thing, it's like, hey, this isn't really harmful, but, you know, it's also not my thing and not something we're going to connect over, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are Minecraft chat rooms and stuff like that now. And so I can see where that could be that could go south really quickly. Yeah, it can. And so we we take care to make sure he's like doing YouTube kids instead of YouTube uh, and there are certain channels, I think, on yeah. on Minecraft or something, like certain groups or so. I don't even know what they're called, but there are certain things, places or whatever, chat rooms that they can be involved in that are kid-friendly. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously they try to moderate that. As There's best a as ton. There's so much out there. And, man, we're going to totally nerd out real quick if we don't be careful. But, but uh, yeah. the, the Harry Potter board is super cool. I mean, you've just been uh, a person that technologically just kind of jumps in from the beginning. 
And, you know, a lot of people are like that. Some people are not like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and in the church world, that those two groups are pretty evenly, pretty well divided. I mean, you can see very clearly a person on your staff. You're like, that person is really into the latest stuff online. They own an mm-hmm. iPad. They're always getting the latest gadget. And then there's other person you're like, man, do they even own a microwave? Do they know how to work one? <laughs> you know, they don't care. Right. Uh, and so it's very evenly divided. So I know that it, when you're in a position like you're in, do you find that it's really difficult for churches to make this jump into this role? Into like digital, like yeah, to like hire some to say we're gonna devote devote some yeah, budget I, and hire I somebody. I do think so. I think I think it's hard. Um, it's hard to convince them that it's necessary. But you know, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think the gospel is too important for you to not try to figure it out, um, and for you not to invest in in digital and in, in the online space. So I mean, because to reach your community what does everybody have in their hand? You know, like that's like the most important thing. I was actually just thinking about that. I was like, you know, when, when people are on their phones, like if they Google a question, you know, if something pops into your head, you Google it. Like that's what you do. And so how, you know, how important is it that your, your church is on the other end of that Google question? You know, Mm -hmm. it is. I mean, today I, I just had this random thought and, and I was like, I know that we've had more than two political parties over the years. I wonder what they were. And, yeah. and so I went back and Googled and found found myself reading this long uh-huh. Wikipedia article about all the yeah, different... Yeah, wasn't it like the Federalists or something? Oh, there's Federalists, there's Whigs, there's the Republican right. Democrats that then became, I think, the Democrats? Or the Repo- I can't remember. They, they, right. they morphed into one of the ones we have today. Right. It was It's crazy. I mean, we've had, we have had six different major kind of ways it's structured mm-hmm. oh, since 1770 so we'll see it's crazy i mean it's time for you know some change Remy. Huh? yeah maybe so maybe <laughs> so well if, if you know if, if nobody tries and nothing gets changed exactly and i think in the local church we see this attitude sometimes of like hey this social media this digital world is already so big Right. And we're so small and we have Doesn't no idea. Matter. Does it even matter what we do? We're already doing okay without it, you know? So right. do you think there's something to be said there? I mean, what would you say to a church that's telling you that? Like, if you're a hundred members, you still should have a website at the very least. Yeah. I mean, people should still be able to find you. And if you're, you're not growing, you know, then, you know, what can you do online to help people physically, you know, um, is there a way that you can create a website where you can help people, um, in your local community, uh, well, uh, and you know, um, which is what the whole point of the church is. I think like people just think like churches is a place that you visit. Um, but it's not, it's not a place you just visit and learn. It's a place that goes and does. Wow. Um, that's, a, that's a very tweetable moment right there. The church is not a place you just visit. That's great. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about it lately. I'm like, oh, we're not just, you know, and I think that's that's something that's changing. I just finished reading um, an article on Christianity Today. It talked about millennials won't build the same churches their parents did. Oh, yeah. I saw um, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting. There was just a really great quote in there that said, you know, 
uh, millennials take for granted the structures that the builders and boomers had, but they don't have the relationships that the builders and boomers had that, the, you know, they took that for granted. Like builders and boomers took relationships for granted and had structure and created structures yeah. where we take structures for granted and need relationships. And that's so true because like at, today as a digital world, we are more connected than ever. Um, and we can create so many more connections. Like I have, you know, 4,000 new friends in this Facebook group, but then I only have, 20 that I feel like I talk to on a regular basis or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in my own real life, you know, I have probably, I have a lot of friends, but I've maybe talked talk to like one or two of them on a regular basis. And one of those is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, you know, and yeah. I want to, I want to hit on that because the Facebook group has been, and if you don't know the Facebook group, if you're in communications listening to this, then the church communications group is a great Facebook group to be a part of. And it's become a really great community. I feel like I know people in there that I've never met. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do too. I mean, there's, yeah, there's people that post a lot. And there's a lot of people I feel like that feel like they really know me, which is fine. Like totally, totally fine. I think they've listened to all the podcasts and stuff that I'm in. And I'm really glad that they feel like they know me. And I hope like, you know, when they meet me in person, I don't like suddenly let them down. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always like, oh, I hope that I can live up. I'm, I'm pretty funny in person, but like I'm funny not in a group. I'm funny like on a one-on-one situation. So I'm like, this, I don't know. You know, I'm like, this is going to be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, yeah, I get I get that. Group. I get that. And and you know what's funny about that group is that these for years I have I have even said this is that you know that old joke where you're like I've got 3000 Facebook friends but really how many are they how many of them are really my friends? You know mm-hmm. that old thing. Well honestly, I look at my Facebook group uh just my friends and there's only a small handful that I really don't know that I don't consider to be like people, people I'll be friends with, you know, that I see them like, Hey, what's going on? I feel like I know what's going on. So digital relationships, I think there's more to it than we've actually been giving it credit, giving credit for. And you know, it's so new, you know, like in the next 20 years, we're going to see some really interesting data. I mean, obviously there's big data now and we're we're pulling a lot of information from that. Yeah. But I think in the next 20 years, we're going to really see how this has changed us as a, as a human race. Like, I, I think it's bigger than what we, we're, we're imagining. Um, I do too. And, you know, and so, it, cause it just is, it's a totally affecting us. Like I don't have a online and separate real life anymore. They're one in the same. Yeah. And, and I think what some people might hear, and I just want to clarify this is we're not, we're not advocating that digital relationships replace like, no, like real not. relationships, but they definitely, Help. I mean, like they enhance and uh, give you more like, I mean, you know, a lot of people, they can't leave their, their bed, yeah. you know, like there's so many people who, who are like, who are homebound, you know, we've been doing homebound ministries for years. Mm-hmm. And so like, h- how can we, you know, and that's another thing about the gospel. Like, can we can take the gospel to those people so much better now? Like these people want people to talk to and now we can. So like, how do we do that and how can we do it better? And, you know, it's not just that, but it's people in Saudi Arabia. I mean, yeah. there are ISIS fighters recruiting on Twitter right now. What can we do about it? Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and so Man, can we, I think, whew. sorry, yeah. digital, you know, digital missionaries, I, it's not a far off concept. 
Uh, I think, you know, that we're going to see more and more of that as we, as the world progresses in the next hundred years. Um, and I'm just really excited to be on the, on the cusp of it too. Like, and for this group to also be on the, for everyone to feel like they're going towards that same mission of, of sharing the gospel better online and in their own communications. Yeah. And I think that's the heart <laughs> of the communications director. I think we've been seen as kind of a, a periphery position that kind of adds support yeah. to the ministry. And it definitely right. does that. And we want to provide yeah. that, that help, but totally. it also, I, it's a pastoral position. If you, if you want to make it that, you know, you can, yeah. you can just be the, you know, the support guy and that's great. We need that kind of stuff. But right. if your heart is gospel missions and you're right. the digital strategist at your church, yeah. well, I mean, you're going to use what you know and go get it done. I mean, you're going to talk yeah. to people about Jesus. And, you know, and I think uh, I've talked about this before, but I feel like I knew when I was 18 or when I was younger. Well, first I thought I was called to be a pastor. <laughs> That's not a thing I know. Um, females, you know, female, pro- uh, being a girl, Second Timothy, whatever. Yeah, in a Baptist so, church, that's a little difficult. It yeah, can be, yeah, yeah, totally impossible. They really shut me down when I was 14 and told me that was not my calling. Mm, and sorry. so I was like, God, what what am I supposed to do? Like, I feel like you you put my you put a message in my heart to share you know the gospel. So what what am I supposed to do about that? And you know, I kept searching and and asking, and I feel like you know God really told me I'm supposed to minister to ministers and I'm supposed to share the gospel online. And so how you know how can I do that and how can I do it better? Um, and so that's you know where this position kind of all came up into one thing. I'm not technically a minister at my church. Um, and, you know, I don't know if I necessarily want to be, but, um, you mean with maybe the title, I, the title, right. right? I don't have the title minister. Yeah. I'm, I'm a licensed minister technically by the Southern Baptist church, but they didn't know that when they hired me. <laughs> hey, me too. Hey, what's up guys? License buddies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was licensed when I was 18. They just thought it was appropriate. So, um, cause they didn't know if I was going to be like needed to baptize people in Africa or something. I don't know yeah. what they were thinking. They just wanted me to be prepared for whatever. And I think, you know, you know, I think of my great grandmother on my dad's side who prayed and prayed for her grandchildren that they would, you know, know Christ and, and, you know, see him and that kind of stuff. So I'm like, all right, like I can't leave this legacy of faith down. So what can I do to extend it and to leave it better for future generations? That's awesome. Um, That's incredible. I feel like we've really dug deep into your history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Got a a really great round picture of who you are and where you came from. That's cool. So I want to talk real quick about, uh, you know, you want to share the gospel. And so churches are probably struggling to figure out how to do that in the digital space because there is this stigma about we don't, those aren't real relationships or people don't Mm -hmm. listen online. What are some of the ways that you've shared the gospel or that's really worked for you online? Um, so I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do that as a church. And because I feel like the best way to do it as a church is again, through individual relationships, not through our Facebook page, not through our Instagram, like as the church, but as a, a person sharing one-on-one. Okay. And so I think my job more than it was before, I, I can see my job changing from I'm the person who makes social media happen to I'm the person who encourages others to use social media almost like to, to share, um, what's happening at our church and to share also like, 
the Bible and to, you know, share the gospel themselves. Does that make sense? Like to enable people to do that themselves. Yeah. More as like a, a you're, you're coaching, you're cheerleading, you're kind of encur- right. encouraging people right. I'm, I'm through like, social I'm, media. Yeah. I'm like allowing a, an environment where, where they're capable of doing it. Yeah. Um, Is it I, isn't that what a worship pastor does? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what a worship pastor does. Creates environments. Creation. Yeah. So I, I'm like that same thing, but for like social media, which makes no sense. You're like the worship <laughs> pastor for social media, Brentwood. Yeah. But <laughs> isn't what I'm doing like at all right now. Uh, you know, if I'm completely honest that I'm still in the, I'm just doing social media and websites and we're trying to, you know, get by till Christmas at the moment. But like what I would love to be able to do is to say, I'm, helping you do this well, because without you, our church isn't going to do well on online. Does that make sense? Like we, if you want to grow our church, the best way to do it is for you as, cause social media is about being social. It's about being a one-on-one relationship. Yeah. It's not about the church to, to many. And that's how the church grows. It's a one-on-one relationship, mm-hmm. you know? I, yeah, like, I, I agree. I think that we have seen this, this digital space as a giant billboard and, right. and not and seen not. it for the, not seen it for the social aspect of what yes. it is. Definitely. So, it's definitely not a, a billboard. And I, yeah. And I just really hate when people feel like that's the way it is. I'm like, we can totally put your event on Facebook, but nobody's going to see it guys. Like yeah. unless you pay like money, like that's not how it works. Like how people will see it is if you share it yourself. Exactly. You, you are the billboard. You're, right. you're the billboard for the gospel, for your church, for yes. all that. So because it's, all, it's always been that way. Matter. Like it matters so much more than our, you know, we have 6,000 likes on Facebook. That is great. Um, but, you know, organic reach, we're only going to reach a thousand maybe, you know, and that's if the content's good. Yeah. So you know how you can reach, you know, all of your friends, you share it yourself and then we'll, we'll get there. If, if your whole staff shares it or all your volunteers share it, more people are going to see it because these people care about each other. Yeah. And maybe in the future, social media managers or content experts or whatever you call it, your church, your communications directors can, can maybe coach people in the church on how to make stuff viral like that. Uh, yeah. You know, to tell people, here's how social media works, or just kind of go, here's two steps I need you to do anytime you see us post something, or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, that maybe. Well, and, and we're trying to do that, and I'm looking at ways to figure out, you know, is there a way? There's a lot of employee awareness, like apps that can do social media sharing. I think there's Hootsuite Amplify, which I need to get a hold of them. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple, but they're, they're very expensive. Mm hmm. And it would be better. What I would like to do is be able to share, um, share a page of updates and let them easily share what they want to from their own accounts. But also not just that, it would be awesome if I could like gamify it in a way. Now I'm just talking about like app development, you know, where (laughs) we're like, if, you know, they got points or something for how much they shared, like, okay, great. Now we can really get into something. (laughs) Yeah. But, and I'll say too, that it is expensive if you're a large church and you've got a team and you get into all that. Like I use buffer, it's 10 bucks a month. I I know a lot of churches can do that. And I get, I get all the like 15 different profiles and that's plenty for me. You know, and most churches don't have that many. You know, they're under 100 yeah. people, 200 people. And so Buffer, Hootsuite's free and offers a lot of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you get three 
three yeah. profiles with that. So it's right. manageable, it's doable for the smaller church. But when you get up mm-hmm. to the larger church, yeah, it does get pricey. You have to start budgeting for things really yeah, tight. And, and, and I don't think the tools that we have now, I don't think Buffer or Hootsuite or any of these things are doing exactly what we need them to do in order to spread messages one-on-one. They're doing it well for like for those main accounts. Yeah. Uh, but that one-on-one interaction, encouraging one-on-one interaction, but spreading a message, a central message is not happening. And so, you know, that'll be interesting to see how, if somebody can fix that would be great. Well, well, speaking of the future, just in this job, this communications role, and I want to get to brand guides and strategies here in a second, but real quick, um, the communications role, what do you see that changing into in the next couple of years, you know, is what, what is that going to be more about? Do you think? Um, well, I don't see like the bulletin going away anytime soon. <laughs> uh, like people just really Never. Love they love that bulletin, you know? Um, but I do see it and I do hope, I don't know. I pray that it, it does become more of a ministerial role if it's not already. Like we have a communications minister that's overseeing all of us, and it's good to have that role where where they're considered to be a minister and not just a director or something like that, uh, because it it does it is a different uh, pace. It's a different thought. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and 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 a lot of times, let's be honest. I've been on the other side as a pastor. Even when I grow up in the digital world, I love this kind of stuff, you know, and I have an affinity towards it. I don't really think that way when I'm a pastor sometimes. I don't think about how I can make this stuff last all week. I don't think about how I can reach people online. I'm not really thinking that way. You know, I need somebody there that's kind of going, hey, you should think about this. Or why don't I take this from you and do this for you? Or, you know, what do you want to, I'm going to do this in this digital space. You know, how can Mm -hmm. I make this message go out? So, um, I think that's, I think that's an important role, but right now the role, just tell people, what is it you do kind of on a day to day? Like what, what is it, what's your list look like as a communication? <laughs> I know it's going to be all over the place. Just give, me the, just give me the highlights. Um, um, you know, today I changed a lot of graphics that needed to be changed in our live, um, our live player <laughs> okay. for our video stream, uh, which is super nerdy and not cool at all. It just needs to be done. Yeah, but, but did you have to create those graphics that you were going to replace yeah, them with? Yeah, I created them. Uh, I created that one, but normally our graphic designer would. Uh, I just didn't feel like waiting for him. Ah, I see. Yes. <laughs> so I just went ahead and did it. Um, and then, and plus, like, there's a lot of like nitpicking. Like, this may not work, so I may need to, you know, move the pixels a little bit. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't want to annoy him all day, so <laughs> I did that, and then. You know, a lot of it is uploading stuff to Facebook. Like we got a worship clip done today. That was we did multi generational worship yesterday, which sounds really lame, but uh, it's where our kids and students were in worship with us. Which normally they have their own worship services. Uh huh. So, um, I uploaded a clip of their of our special music time. You know, <laughs> Southern Baptist thing. Oh, to I, say. I'm familiar with the special music. The special music is very important. It's very so special. every week, I actually cut this. Uh, we've actually, Alex, who works on our team, he is going to start cutting all those clips for me, which is so nice. Because yeah. normally I've been cutting clips for a long time now, for like a year or two, mm, probably longer than that, like since, since and, I came and, and cutting clips, you mean like grabbing the little five-minute clip you want to use out of the video. Right. Fading yeah. the ends and sticking it on and re- rendering it's, it and all that stuff and putting it online. 
Yes, which takes a long time. So I would like have to read the transcript before I would have to sit there and just listen to the sermon 500 times, figure out where to start and where to stop. Yeah, that's that's probably where a lot of churches are. Yes, Uh, and if they are there, like get somebody to make you a transcript. You can upload it to Fiverr. Um, you can use, uh, rev.com, rev.com. There's a couple of different transcription services. We have a medical transcriptionist in our church who does it for us. Um, I mean, we pay her, but, uh, it's just so much. It's nice to have somebody who's in your church do it. If you, if you have somebody who's a transcriptionist. Yeah. And I'll put those, Um, I'll put those links in the show notes too. So people can go and click those and and look for it under, uh, uh, later and see if they want to do that. Yeah, well, and uh, anyways, the transcript is great because I can go in there and just highlight portions. And I can highlight quotes that I want to use for social media graphics. Uh, basically, I found that if you quote our pastor and put, you know, Dash Mike Glenn on anything, people are going to like it about 100 times more than they're going to like just some random clip. And I know it in your position, you have a lot of written documents that Tell other staff members and people on your team how you're going to do graphics and how your videos are going to look and and what your logo can look like and all kinds Mm -hmm. of stuff like that. So can you tell us maybe what those are and why they're important and maybe even tell us what's in some of them? Yeah, so we have style guides. Uh, I think the style guide we have currently is is maybe a little outdated. I'm not sure if we've updated it or not. I have to ask our editor. Uh, but and then I have my social media style guide that kind of breaks down how we do social media. And what's included in that is just how to use the logo, um, how to make graphics, uh, what kind of white spaces, how our voices, you know, what how to how the church speaks online is a really important thing. Yeah. Um, you know, like our church is always optimistic. We're always thinking about what's next. We're always uh, thanking people or whatever. Like, uh, those are important things, um, to kind of just make uh, a list of this, this is what we expect from social media. And I usually hand that out to volunteers or whoever is going to be running anything social wise. Yeah. And do you are, so obviously there's a lot of detail in that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's an important part of like getting it right. How, how like hardcore are you guys on like enforcing that and how do you enforce that? Um, I am probably not the hugest enforcer. Like, um, if I see something that's really awful, I'm going to delete it and tell them why. Okay. Uh, so that, that's usually how it comes down. So do they, don't, they, do they have to approve it before it goes out no, or does it just go straight part, on? For the most part, it goes straight on. Uh, now, the thing is, that is, we only have volunteers right now for our campuses. And our campus channels aren't huge. Uh, I don't think there's any, besides our main camp, besides Brentwood, uh, the other campus channels are probably less than 1,000 each. You know, yeah. So it's not like they have huge audiences that if they see a terrible graphic, they're going to be like the end of the world has happened. Um, so for the most part, they just post what, what they want and for the most part, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. And everything looks good because they're using uh, services that I've chosen and they don't upload stuff that doesn't uh, match with that kind of design guide and style guide and that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, they do, though. I just delete it and tell them why. <laughs> okay. And, and- um, in the future, I would like to have an approval system. Probably if we got some social media volunteers here at Brentwood, 
Uh, but that's just not a thing yet. It probably would be good through buffer or something like that. Yeah. And I'll tell you the question I hear in the, in the group a lot has something to do with the fact that someone has come on, on the staff and there's not anything like that in place. You Mm -hmm. know, there's no style guys, there's nothing telling us how to use the logo, no voice, none of that. And so while they're trying to create it, you've got all these other people that have access to their social media channels and they're freaking out because their people will put things out that are just terrible or right like, this or is they'll not... like they'll like this stuff as the church yes like, yes no, it's not how this works yeah and it makes you look like hey look at my graphic wow i think my graphic is great you know it's very right. it's yeah. very I like uh, my own graphic it's yeah. great there's a lot of stuff there. What what do they you They need to make that like not a thing. Like they just need to make it where you can't do you that. You can't that like your own stuff. stuff. Yes. Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like why, why is that why is that not a lock or something on, on social media? I feel like that's a huge bug. Maybe we should tell Facebook. Do you think they not they don't know like you shouldn't like your own stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they leave it in there as some kind of like litmus test for for cool. Idiots. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like that one song on the jukebox that's in uh in in a a diner or something in a small town. If you play that one song, they're like, Oh, he's not from here. Right. You know, he yeah. Played, he played pina colada. You know, I know he's not right. from around here. So w- when you're, when you've got that situation though, you're in a position where you really are new or you're, you've got nothing really in place, but you're trying to put it in place, but there's people posting Like, how do you, how do you gain that ability to say, no, we're not doing this. What are some steps they can go through? Um, start getting that under wraps. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for the most part, I make people sign off on that, that style guide. So I'll have that style guide handy. And if you don't have one, just take mine. It's fine. And copy it and change it for yourself. That's totally fine. And I'll put that in the um, show notes too. They can yeah. grab that. Right. Yeah. You can put it on there. Uh, you can grab the Google link or whatever. Um, but and then I would make them sign off on it and say, I've read this and I understand it. The thing is, like, of course, you don't want to scare anyone off uh, from feeling like, oh, this is a huge deal. I, I'm too responsible now. I don't want to do it. Yeah. There is that possibility. Um, and for that, I would say, you know, encourage them to be creative. Encourage them by giving them name tags and making them feel special and important. Uh, but if, if I see something that, you know, is going on, I mean, I just tell them straight up, I don't like that. And this is not how this works. <laughs> oh, okay. wow. straightforward. Really, like, oh yeah. No, I don't, I don't like to dilly dally. You know, I think that's the number one thing I've learned from Daryl is like, just to say what you're, you're trying to say rather than beat around the bush. I mean, that's a hard thing to do too, uh, especially as a woman, mm-hmm. um, because I'm always afraid of hurting someone's feelings. Uh, but the thing is like, it, it it's not worth like waiting like it's i don't know it's stupid it, at the end of the day that your graphic is not going to like super affect anyone <laughs> right it's like it's all it's not a huge deal to fight about to like say right. my graphic has to be out there right, right and right. it's also not that big a deal to fight about like no you cannot go out unless it's, right. I, I have i mean there's a line obviously Right. Yeah. Just, I mean, just explain to them why it wasn't good and say, I've created one for you. Here it is. You know? Yeah. And then if they're like, oh, but I don't like that. You can say, well, that's fine, but this is the way we have to do things. Blah, 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 blah. You can come up with some happy talk if you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm even sure though there's a nicer way to say it than you just really are terrible at this. Right. This is, uh, this is the strip down reading stuff. I'm like, I have to tell people like, I don't think your design is symmetrical. 
<laughs> so yeah. you can say stuff like that, you know, say nice ways to say your design sucks. Like just Google it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's so many free things out there now, like Canva and, and right. they just provide so much help for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's al- almost no reason why your, your graphics should stink unless you're just really terrible at po- like picking fonts, which is a big you know thing. And then I, you know, for the most part, I tell people in our style guide, I say, you can only use sans serif fonts and here are three fonts I suggest you use at all times. Yeah, and and people are going to go. Okay, well, why can't I use right, papyrus? Right. Like, What's I wrong be, with papyrus? I want to be more, you know, uh, creative. And I'm like, I get that, but like, let your creativity shine with like Helvetica, <laughs> <laughs> a clean font that is voted most easy to read. Right, Montserrat. Like that. That sounds like a great font for you to like really get to know. Yeah. So <laughs> so before we sound like too much of a font snobs, uh, why is it important that we have that same kind of feel and branding and cause I, cause I'll tell you, that's the struggle that a lot of pastors have. They, yeah. It's not, it's not a primary thing for them. You know, it's, it's the gospel and teaching and right. getting people to our church. And let's be honest here. That is the more important part. If it is. You're, if you, if you're like, I can't get one, but I can get the other then get the gospel. Right. Exactly. And, but and, if you're, if you're like, I want to figure out how to do this branding thing. Well, I mean, just sit down and make a, make a brand plan, like make a identity guide, something that is easy for you to hand out and for you to look back on and say, okay, I've made these decisions. I've already thought about this. I don't have to think about it again. Yeah. And I think that's one benefit of having those is it eliminates the need to make a lot of easy first right off the bat decisions. If you don't have one, hire someone to make one. Like it's not, you know, and there's plenty of designers in our, in our Facebook group. And then, you know, otherwise, you know, that can make you one for 500, you know, for like $500, I think it's probably reasonable. Uh, that can make you an identity guide that says, this is how we use our logo. These are the fonts that we use. Um, and I would make those fonts easily accessible. Don't choose a paid font, choose a free font. You know, if you're just getting started, make sure all those things are super accessible for people. Right. Um, so there's no like wall, you know, to creating, um, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And you want to make it as easy for them to reproduce what right. has been given created. to them. Yeah. yeah. Already. Yeah. So it looks like it all comes from the same place. Right. Like say, okay, if you're going to create our, our logo, make sure that the same font is available in Canva easily. Yes. You know, those, those kind of things. And if not, then make sure there's a font that complements it well, you know, and say, well, we'll use these three other fonts when, when doing that. Now I'm not saying you should always, you know, we use uh, Sunday social for our Instagram stuff and all of that is very creative, uh, different stuff that is not, uh, at all the same, like, but we put our logo on it. And so that creates some type of cohesiveness. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know that some people, you know, I've heard, uh, different, churches say before like hey we're not chick-fil-a you know we don't have we don't have the need to have that much brand recognition right we want some we want people like if they share it to know it came from us but at the same time like it doesn't have to be and i found you know that engagement goes down the more it looks the same yes 
Uh, so we, we tried to actually avoid that. We, we, we did that in the past when you try to make it very sermon theory centric or whatever. And it just like, it hit us back in the face sometimes. So, yeah, I, you know, just feel like it all has to match. Just feel like it all has to look good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I opened up a Instagram account, uh, someone, I actually followed them at another church and I, I looked into their page and I'm like, I wanted to see what their brand looked like, you know, from that mm-hmm. grid you can go into their profile right. and see all their photos at once. And so I go and I look at it, and it is all sermon like graphics, or um, it is all scripture graphics. Yeah. And I just looked at that, and honestly, uh, I mean, I just went, okay, boring. Right. You know, it's like they're all yeah. the same. They look the exact right. same. They all look the same. Not that scripture is boring, but this right. Instagram account is not going to be super. It needs to be interesting, and that's where you know Sunday Social has done a great job. I mean, it's like six dollars a month. I wish they, you know. I, I'm like giving them free shout outs right now, but like they did a really great job of creating one simple graphic a day that you can post to your social media account. Yeah. Um, and so we do that and it's really helped a lot because, you know, we've, we take, we got to take that off of our editor's plate from having to write these. And then we had got to take it off of our graphic designer's plates from having to create this. Yeah. And I mean, it's not incredibly time consuming now with the tools that are available, but it is but time consuming. It still takes some time. You could be doing other things, much more important stuff. So, right. um, I, I just want to say, um, I, however, did follow this Facebook page called the same photo of Jeff Goldblum every single day. Uh, and they post the same photo of Jeff Goldblum every single day. And whenever I scroll and see it show up in my, in my timeline, I laugh every time because this, it's just a, a stupid same photo of Jeff Goldblum with his finger over his mouth, kind of doing the, Hello, yeah, I just huh. looked that up. Oh, it's so hilarious. I, I, I followed it just because I was like, surely they can't be posting the same photo of Jeff Goldblum every single day, but that's exactly what they do. <laughs> yeah, my friend Grant has liked it every single time. So way to go, Grant. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I see it. It's so stupid. Well, Katie, thanks for coming on. I, I think um, we've had a really great conversation here about the communications role and where it's going, where it's been, how it can be used, and and just what branding does and what brand guides can bring to the table when it comes to making your team able to get under the same, you know, same stuff and, and eliminate the need to make a lot of individual decisions. So I, I really appreciate you coming on, but we've got one more thing to do before we go. Uh, it's one of my favorite segments called five on the spot. And oh, okay. we're going to do five random questions. Normally people don't do that to me. Normally I do that to them. I our, know yeah. this. Now this podcast is going to be, um, it's going to come out the week of Thanksgiving. So right now, when people are listening, it's Thanksgiving time. Oh, man, that's the best. Can we fast forward to Thanksgiving right now? For real. For real. Oh, we did on the internet. We okay. did. Hello, Thanksgiving. We're here. That means Gilmore Girls come out soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so here's five on the spot. Question one. When people come to Nashville, what's the best place to eat? Loveless Cafe, for sure. What is Loveless Cafe? It was a motel. Um, and it, it's always had a cafe, uh, but it's just an old time country cooking kind of place. You're going to have to wait an hour, an hour and a half to get in. But they have cornhole and these little shops all around it. So you can play cornhole or they have uh, giant Jenga. And you can just go around to all these little shops and like find some, you know, peach jam or some bacon or something if you want to buy that. Mm, um, they have rocking chairs so you can rock it out. Uh, 
it's just a really great place and they give you so they give you biscuits and <laughs> all the biscuits you can eat basically <laughs> so, that's gonna be a drop from this episode they give you biscuits it's the best katie, katie allred that's gonna go all over the internet that's totally fine <laughs> everybody um, tweet that right now and tag katie in it and peach jam they give you biscuits question two which is better a store-bought turkey or a turkey you caught and prepared with your bare hands um, I've never actually caught a turkey with my bare hands. There's been one in my backyard, and I've seen several growing up because I grew up in the middle of the country. Um, but I don't think I've ever ate one that's just been in the wild, to be honest with you. Although I'm sure, like, my neighbors will tell me that that's not true. Uh, <laughs> or the people at church will be like, nah, you totally ate one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I grew, up, I grew up in East Texas. I'm sure I've eaten one that someone yeah, just I'm sure I have, wandered I into their yard and they shot it. Right. I don't remember doing it, but I'm sure I have. I feel like the store-bought ones are pretty good, though, so I'm just going to go with store-bought. Nice. Oh, my, when I was a kid, it's a random story, but it just reminded me that. I walked into my grandparents' house, and I lived in East Texas, the country of East mm-hmm. Texas. My granddad had this stew he was cooking, and uh, he said, hey, do you want some stew? I'm like, sure. So I had some stew, and I, he was like, you, you like it? I said, yeah, it's good. And he goes, good, it's squirrel. Oh, I knew it. I was I knew like, oh, what? What are you doing to me? I hate squirrel. All right, so here's the question three. Isn't a walrus just a seal that's given up? No, they're different. They have teeth. They have like the big the husk thing or whatever. I don't know. I think they've just given up. I think they're the same. No, they're not the same. They seem very different. I don't believe you. Question four. What is your weirdest Thanksgiving tradition? Well, uh, in my house, we we don't really have, uh, we have Thanksgiving, we don't really have, it's a very odd time because my mom owns a Sears store and we have for the last 20 years, so I don't really know, you know, what Thanksgiving was like before owning Sears, really. And so we used to be able to actually have Thanksgiving, but we don't anymore. Thank you, Sears, uh, because my mom has to be open on Thanksgiving, so... Uh, we're usually trying really far, hard to like find some some random family to eat with. So we usually like hang out with some friend family, or either our extended family. It depends. And so then we have to hustle off to Sears to work. So, uh, and I'll always help. My, I usually try to help my mom. I'm I'm not good at retail, so I my helping my mom is usually me just standing there, um, <laughs> <laughs> like at least looking like security or something like oh yeah i definitely am looking to make sure you're not stealing things so that's usually what happens is we get ready for black friday too so we'll be open thanksgiving night which is a new tradition in the last three years which i wish would die Mm. like if all people can close on thanksgiving that would be great because that was how it used to be and it was fine and the people who buy on thanksgiving would buy on black friday so and my mom only has two employees. Sorry, I'm just like this is a huge. This just became a huge <laughs> rant so about box. Thanksgiving being a thing. But <laughs> um, it, yeah, super annoying. So my mom, you know, she has to stay open from six to ten on Thanksgiving night, and then she has to wake up at like four a.m. or three a.m. to be open again for Black Friday. And you know, it's the same people. So it's a rough. It's a rough time. So Thanksgiving, you know, it's not. It's not the best of. Uh, holidays for our family so right now while people are listening to this say a prayer for katie because she's at sears and she's not enjoying it so say a prayer for her and maybe go see her if you're there all right question five final question all right i know you just moved into a new house yes and if you could pick your own roommate what would it be 
a giant fly that never stops humming the same song, or a giant roach that only comes out of its room when you have company? Hmm, none of those things? <laughs> you gotta pick one. That's the question. Giant fly that never stops humming the same song, or a giant roach that only comes out when you have company over? Probably like, I guess the fly? What song would you hope he'd sing? Sweet Caroline. <laughs> You're so ready with that. That was so good. You're ready with Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. You have that every time, you know, at least you can always be like, da, da, da. Yeah, and you can uh, break out in dances and songs. And right. It's a, good, it's a good place to live. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I really enjoyed this, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get to talk with you again sometime soon. But um, how can people connect with you online? What's the best way to get in touch with you and see uh, uh, yeah. what you're up to? I'm Katie J. Allred across all social media, so you can find me there. Um, that's just the letter J between Katie and Allred, so Katie J. Allred. And then my uh, website, though, is just katieallred.com. And uh, you can just reach me on there, too. Great. Well, Katie, thank you so much. This has been very enlightening for so many reasons. And uh, I've really enjoyed talking with you. So thanks for coming on the show. Anytime. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. And we'll be back in about two more weeks. And have a happy Thanksgiving. See you.